Welcome to Delve Interviews. Today we're joined by Micah Deacon and Sienna Rick. Micah is the director of The Boogeyman, which was filmed here at the Lint Mansion, in which Sienna makes her film debut. So, we're here at the Lint Mansion with Micah Deacon and Sienna Rick. Micah is the director of Boogeyman, which was filmed here at the mansion, and recently won Best Horror Category in the St. Louis Filmmaker Showcase. So, and I understand you have an invitation to the slip? Yes, so we just got, we were invited uh, to attend the St. Louis International Film Festival in November. To describe the genesis of the film kind of come to be, how did the mm-hmm. thought, I understand it was kind of a sort of a late entry and you're a, you got started and had a short timeline? Yeah, it's actually really funny because um, I had spent almost an entire year planning a completely different film because it was my senior overview and I spent a whole first semester storyboarding and even started the casting process for like a completely different film and then I got to second semester and it was halfway through second semester because we filmed in late March and it was probably about late February when I came to my teacher and I was like, I'm going to switch. <laughs> I'm going to do something different because the film that I had originally started doing was a film that I had attempted when I was a sophomore in college and it didn't work out because of just time constraints, the really big project. And it was something I was going to attempt again for my senior year just to kind of go out with a bang. And I came up with it in like a night because I was like, I have to find a plan B. And so I've always wanted to kind of do like a horror film that was kind of based off like Shirley Temple because if there's anything I love it's horror films and Shirley Temple. (laughs) I grew up watching Shirley Temple and it was just always kind of something I I thought about doing kind of like Twilight Zone-esque type horror film. Nothing too scary but like it really played on like vintage the vintage era and tap. And so I came up with this idea because at the time I was also in a photography class and there's this photographer named uh, Dwayne Michaels who uh, did this photo series called The Boogeyman. So I was like, okay, how can I mix these three things together and make something really simple but that will be really kind of eerie and something that people might want to watch. And that's kind of how I came up with Boogeyman. And so I pitched it to my teacher and well, one, he was really mad that, (laughs) that I was switching my project halfway through second semester. It ended up working out, and he actually really liked the idea, so I I went for it. How did you determine this was going to be the location? Well, it's actually really funny because I I knew I wanted to do it the length, but originally I wasn't even going to ask because I I thought that they would say no. I was like, they're not gonna. We don't have time to like to ask and then say no. We have to find a place. So originally we were looking for like Airbnbs, and it was my mom (laughs) who called behind my back and was like, no, we're gonna we're gonna call the limp and see if they'll actually let us do it. And they were like, yeah, sure. Just you know, you have to pay for the room and stuff, but you're welcome to to film it here. And but yeah, so my mom had actually called behind my back and tried to get the limp for me because she knew it, it was a place that I wanted, but I was just too afraid to ask because I just thought it was out of reach and it's also funny because she had originally told them they I think they were under the impression that we were kids that we were all like children that were trying to film a movie here because they were they were so concerned with how many adults were going to be on set like how many kids are going to be there how many adults are going to be there and then finally because I, I was on uh when my mom had talked in like about the second time to like clarify some things I was listening on the conversation and I was like mom they know we're adults don't they like we're in college <laughs> and she's like you know I think they think you're ch- your ki- like your children <laughs> so then she had to clarify with them that we were all actually adults and actually a lot of uh, my crew had worked on actual tv sets my cinematographer he works on like empire in chicago so <laughs> we're all professionals here <laughs> but yeah so i really wanted to do the lamp just because of how historic it is and also because it's actually haunted and i was like how cool would that be to film a horror movie 
in a place that was actually haunted. So yeah, my mom just called behind my back <laughs> and we ended up getting the lunch and I, it was great. <laughs> so it's a period piece. Mm -hmm. So was that already a period piece, what you planned to do? And this was the location that you thought would work the best or do they kind of go hand in hand? Um, well, yeah, I always knew I, I really wanted to be a period piece because like I said, it, it is based off of Shirley Temple and Twilight Zone. So originally, um, I was actually getting to the point where I was thinking we were going to have to do it in modern day because we were having issues finding a location before we got the limp. But the limp was just perfect because I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I need to make this film the film that it needs to be. But yeah, so period pieces, you know, they always tell you, especially in college, to avoid them at all costs because it is something that can make or break your film because especially if you're writing something that is designed for a period piece, which which is what I felt this film really was, like it needed to be in the time period that it was set in, which was like 1939, 1940. And I think honestly, without the lump, we wouldn't have been able to to make it the way the way that it is. <laughs> The vision of it, to me, when I watched, I was actually kind of surprised at my reaction. I, I did, I got a tingle at the end, a ramp chill up and down my spine, and it was like, after I started to think about it, it was like, this, it works on a lot of different levels, as far as, I mean, yes, it's horror, as horror genres go, but, I mean, that's a pretty big broad category horror. Yeah, definitely. Is that, is that, um, are you comfortable with the film being, you know, squarely in that category, or... Is that just kind of where people can conceptualize it and, and they want to put it into a horror mm -hmm. venue? Well, I know, well, right now I'm definitely entering it in a bunch of like horror festivals, especially because, um, you know, genre films tend to kind of fall short at, re at like international festivals just because people like to see more of like the drama and like comedy and stuff like that. But I would say at the end of the day, I do think this film in particular is kind of more of suspense thriller rather than horror, just because it, it's not like it's not like gory. It's not the monster is not too terribly scary. It kind of just has more of like the feeling of dread rather than actually portraying that on on the screen. I, I, I'm not great at watching horror movies. I love thriller movies. And, you know, I love, like, Stephen King and, and like, uh, like The Shining and um, Twilight Zone and just the things that are more eerie rather than just straight-up scary, which is really what I wanted to go for for this one. I wanted this to be a film that, you know, someone who's, like, seven years old could watch it and won't, won't get too scared, but also that an adult could watch it and kind of be like, ooh, like, that's, that's weird, that's creepy, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. So that, that's definitely how I would kind of categorize it as more as like a, a thriller suspense with like elements of horror. Like any work of art, it's what the viewer brings to it as well mm -hmm. um, as far as you know, what they get out of it on a personal level. And I saw it as a period piece the first time. I, I could understand that it made sense in that format. There were parts of it that sort of struck me as hinting at the darker side of human nature. Mm -hmm. and sort of more contemporary problems and, and issues that are really prevalent today that everybody talks about. And the interaction between, you know, because there's no dialogue, it opens itself up, I think, to a lot more input and sort of personal interpretation. Was that something that was really an intentional focus for you? Or did that, for me, when I watched it, mm -hmm. you know, I got the the period aspect of it and sort of the the horror 
aspect of it, but I was, it was like two actors, and you sort of assume in a way that the, the gentleman that comes in is Judith's father, but you don't know that, and it was just the interaction between the actress and, and this other person, and there was some, in my mind when I watched it, there was buildup of tension there that mm -hmm. didn't hit me at first, but later it was like, okay, I don't really know who this person is, and how is how is he related to her, and how does all of this work together, and are there darker things going on that I'm not aware of, you know? And as a viewer, putting contemporary issues onto period piece, was that something that you kind of thought about as you, as you went along in the process, especially the editing process? Did that kind of inform how you approached the rest of the film? Well, I would definitely say, um, when I first started writing it, I mean, obviously I have in my head what the story is, who these characters are, why they're there, what's going on. So trying to separate myself from that, I did get a lot of mixed interpretations of the film. And I'm very open to, like, how, because I, I like when that happens. I like whenever someone watches something, and it's not ambiguous in a way that, like, they don't understand what's going on. It's more, like, ambiguous in a way that multiple things can be going on. And even though me as the, the author of the script, like, I know what's going on. I like that other people are able to kind of, like, connect with it and kind of put pieces together in a way that I didn't in intend, but that I will take credit for. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, like, I, I mean, a lot of people think that um, the dad figure is the boogeyman, and I'm very open to that interpretation. And I think that actually that kind of does make it it gives like a whole nother level of meaning. Was that my original intention? Not exactly. My original intention was, you know, he was the one just to put the uh, antagonist into the room with her. You know, a lot of it also has to do with how um, the actors portray themselves on camera. So there is a little bit of like awkwardness between them in the beginning, which does kind of add to this like, well, who is this character? And like, why, why uh, is she so like Adam, like at the beginning? But I think at the end of the day, but yeah, yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of different interpretations to how people could take it. And even like me rewatching it, I think it's actually funny because when I rewatch it, I can kind of um, make multiple interpretations myself and see things going in a different way, especially the way that we shot it. Because there's some shots in there that weren't originally intended that we kind of put in as we were shooting it that actually really made. So when I originally uh, wrote the film, I knew in my head like where it was going to go and who the characters were and why they were there. But something that I've always found to be really uh, amazing is how people can watch a film on screen and just get a completely in different interpretation than what the author had originally intended. And I'm really open to all the different interpretations because I can see what other people are seeing whenever they view my film. And even like when I rewatch it myself, I'm always like kind of interpreting it in a different way, especially with like just the way that we shot it because a lot of the, the shots were were things that we weren't really intending to shoot at first, especially because when I was working with my director of photography, he had some ideas that I didn't originally had have, and uh, we ended up just you know including them in the film, and it really did bring it into like a more um, dark light than what it was originally. Because originally, it, I think the final product is actually a lot spookier than what I was even originally going for, but. You know, at the end of the day, uh, I have my own interpretation of it, which I don't want to give too much of that away because I don't want to sway like people's right. opinions. I want people to watch it and be able to like kind of interpret okay. it their own way. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to give too much of it away, but um, that that was one of the things really that struck me. Like I said, I I didn't really expect 
to be affected. I mean, I don't usually get chills down my back kind of thing, but it was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I was surprised that it happened. Um, Thank you. But it was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was interesting because where we started and where we ended, I mean, it's a very short time period, but for me, it was, there were all the levels that, that came into play. So I found that to be kind of a surprise, a nice surprise. Thank you, and I was also blessed to have a really great actress who was a little bit of betraying emotions on camera. <laughs> working together, what was that like for you, working with you know, the actors and the, and the crew? Really fun. It was really fun. So it was a positive experience, Yeah, obviously. for sure. <laughs> Something you want to keep, keep pursuing. Okay, so as a, as a filmmaker, the showcase award and, and the slip invitation must provide some validation for what your vision was. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Yeah, so it was really insane because uh, I it, I really wasn't expecting it. You know, especially because two years prior I had attempted to make a film and it, it didn't work out and we didn't even finish it. So I knew my senior year I was like I gotta I gotta come back. I gotta do something to kind of like prove myself. And so when we were finishing up this film. You know, I was already really proud of it, but I was also really nervous because I was like, I, you know, you never know whenever you submit it to these festivals, like who else is going to be there, or even like how yours is going to compete with like other films. And uh, I did go to one of the screenings for the horror film. There were two of them because last year there was only like one or two horror films altogether. This year they had a lot. They had they had to separate it by two different screenings. So uh, I was. <laughs> Not the most optimistic at the time, but then when we, we got to the award ceremony and you know they were calling off the um, the awards, I was just like holding hands with like all my friends because because <laughs> I was like I don't think I don't know you just you don't know and then they said my name and I was like oh my gosh it was just the most surreal experience and I'm trying to even put it into words right now but I I still don't even have words for what I was feeling like in that moment because. And we got like such a big round of applause, like people, like people that I didn't even know knew who I was or like who the like what the film was. But apparently, a lot of people did because I was getting like congratulated by like a lot of other people who were like, "Oh yeah, we've heard about the film. We really want to see it." And I'm like, "Who's telling people all this?" <laughs> but apparently, it really did like go over well with a lot of people, and it just it was such a crazy experience. And I'm just so grateful for everyone who like worked on it. And I just couldn't be happier right now. <laughs> So the film, it's a period piece, mm -hmm. as we discussed. Two actors, no dialogue. So how, in the casting process, how did you find Sienna? So because we did such a last-minute switch with the film, like, like I said, we had been planning a whole other film for like an entire year, and then at the very last second we're like, okay, we're switching to this one. The casting process was like completely online. Like I was just put out a casting notice, and I was like, I'm looking for a dancer. They need to be really advanced in tap because they have to improvise because I know nothing about tap. <laughs> I know nothing. I don't know how to tap or anything like that. So I needed to find someone who is a strong enough dancer that could rely on just themselves to come up with like a routine and stick with that routine. We had we did get like a bunch of submissions and originally we were kind of looking for someone who was Shirley Temple looking, like you know, small, blonde, like seven, six to seven years old. But then we get Sienna submitted to us. And the whole ball game changed. Like I saw her face, and I was like, "We're changing it. We're, we're changing it. We're going. We're going with her." Because I got this vision for like kind of like a Margaret O'Brien type look, and I just knew that uh, just the and also just her dancing too. Like her mom had submitted this video of her dancing at a competition where it was just an acapella dance, which is exactly what I needed because there was going to be no music 
uh, well, there is music in the film, but she danced a cappella like whenever we were on set. So I needed to make sure I could find someone who could do that. So it was just really perfect, and I knew that she had the right look to kind of give it this extra like oomph. Because instead of like just like you know this cutesy little girl type look, we have this like striking, strong dancer type look, mm-hmm. which I felt really pulled everything together and made the film what it is. And when Sienna is an actress working with no dialogue, I mean everything is about how you. It, I think in a lot of cases it would be easy to overdo or kind of make bigger gestures than you need to. How did you approach the part, that Judith? How did you approach that as far as, was there any real preparation that you went into? Um, well, it was actually my first time acting. So, like, I, I didn't know what it was like to do with dialogue. And dancing is, has a lot of acting into it without speaking. So it was, um, it was pretty easy to, like, not overdo it and be scared. <laughs> <laughs> so this was, your, this was your first This was your first acting? Yeah. You, really? Really? Yeah. Okay. I realized that it was the first film, I, at least from what I found on IMDb, but I had no idea. I, you know, I thought the Muni or... <laughs> you just seemed so comfortable in the whole process. From someone who's sort of not exposed to acting and film and that kind of thing, what were some of the things you learned, just technical things or just in general in, in working on a, a set like that? Um, I never realized how many, like scenes you had to do to like like the different angles and all that so it was a lot of repetition yeah. and a lot of dancing i'm guessing yeah <laughs> so how long have you studied dance for a yes. long time a long time since i was two really yes. oh wow okay that would explain it was obvious that you had you had what it took to do the dance so it was pretty impressive you know, honestly, though, like, the film itself does not give her dancing justice. You should see her. <laughs> like, when we were doing the Foley, and I was like... Because she also did the um, the the tap dancing sounds up for, like, the boogeyman inside the closet. And I was like, just go as fast as you possibly can. And she did. And I was blown away. It was like, how did you do that so quickly? So the film itself does not even justify how good of a tapper she actually really is. <laughs> I guess she can only film so much, right? So fast. Right. Well, the character um, in the film is actually supposed to be kind of like a mediocre to like uh, beginner tap dancer and that's kind of why she she challenges this thing in the in the closet to kind of like try to prove that she can actually do it right um, but yeah like when we had casted her I was praying I was like please please be good at acting and you did great <laughs> you did I was surprised I mean I'm not surprised because I thought you would be bad or anything but just because I was hoping that you would be good and, and you definitely blew everyone away so I love the, the audience on the bed. That It just seems so natural that that would be something that she would do. Mm-hmm. Bringing that together, was that a fun experience to kind of play to those that audience? Or you know, did you have something else in your head while you were doing it? Yeah, it was actually really funny. Because like, like, as I was doing it, I was looking at the baby doll in the middle, and it was really creepy. So it was really funny. <laughs> She had to keep that baby doll, by the way. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I gave it. I was like, I don't want it in my house anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little, a little bit creepy. It was creepy. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh huh. We actually, because um, I, I had given it to her at the filmmaker showcase, and the director of the festival at the awards ceremony came up to me, and he was like, "Did you have that baby doll with you at the, <laughs> at the showcase?" And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> you saw that? <laughs> yeah, I gave it. I gave it to Sienna. Like, I promised it to her." I was going to put a bow tie on it, but I just didn't have time to because I was going to like make it look all formal. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So for you, um, I understand you just got back from the West Coast, right? You on a little trip. Yes. Was that part of a career in It was for dance. For dance? Yes. Okay. It was, uh, we did this thing called Dance Palooza, and it's just dance all week. And then for another week, I did a thing called I Am Force, and then that just dance for another week. And you just, today, you just finished a competition, you just came from a competition. Local? From a practice. A practice, yeah. Okay. So that takes up a pretty significant amount of your time then, I'm guessing? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Is that something that you're looking to pursue more in depth? or? Yeah, for sure. For sure? Okay. What do you think, I mean, aside from just the experience of doing it, what did, did you run into anything unusual, anything happen that, that, you know, I mean, it's the Lent Mansion, so people always want to ask that question. Did you see anything? So, actually, my friend was taking... My friend was here with me, and we were taking photos just around during a break, just for fun. And she was taking live videos, just not thinking we were actually going to, like, see anything or anything. And we just took one, and it, like, really fast went by. And she was like, oh, wait, go back. And we, like, went back a little and paused it. And we, like, saw, like, there was, like, a figure if, on a live video when we paused it. Oh, that's pretty cool. It was really scary, though. A lot of people like, come really for a lot of time and don't get to see yeah. something like that. <laughs> And, you know, like, when we had first got here, um, I was telling everybody, like, don't let her know the place is haunted. <laughs> Do not scare my actress. I was so worried that that was going to be a problem. And then she comes in, and she has her, like, on her phone, she's, like, has a ghost app open. I'm like, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing? Well, you know, <laughs> so, when you're here, <laughs> so She was all into it, because when I was her age, I, I wouldn't have stepped foot in here. It wasn't until I got older that I got really into, like, spooky stuff. Like, beforehand, I freaked out at the magic house going through like this like maze thing so like the fact that you know she came here and she was just ready to go and she loved the fact that it was haunted I was like oh thank goodness what advice would you have for somebody who's never done any film work wants to look into it um to just like go for it and just like not be like nervous to go out there and act and stuff and just do it because I've never even practiced acting or anything and just dance and it was really fun and now I kind of want to act so you should. Yeah. You're really good at it. <laughs> yeah, very good at it. Thank you. Absolutely. Micah, how do you see the state of filmmaking here in St. Louis and in the region? Is that something that is a growing community? Is it is it difficult? Do you run into problems? I definitely think it's a growing community. I actually uh, think that, you know, St. Louis is one of the best places for independent filmmakers because for the longest time, I wanted to just go out to California, which that's still kind of on the back of my head, but uh, I know that when you go out there, you can't really do passion projects, you know, because everywhere that, if you want to film in a gas station, it's like $3,000, like a day. Whereas here, people are so much more, like, community-oriented, and, like, a lot of gas stations would be like, oh, yeah, like, we'd love the exposure, like, you know, just follow our rules and maybe even give us a shout-out, and you can film here. And you just don't get that in, like, places like California, but uh, also in St. Louis, there's just there is like a really big community of just independent filmmakers, and everyone like works together. So a lot of like the people on my set, they're not people that I really. I mean, some of them I personally know, but a lot of them were just people I met through my director of photography, and he met them on other sets, and and they met each other on other sets. So it's like it bounces around, and you know, there's just like a big growing community of people working on each other's sets and building each other up and creating these films. So I definitely do think that St. Louis is a great place to make independent movies. 
So all the propping in the film, you were able to do that locally too, or? Yeah. Um, so every like everything that we did for the film was in St. Louis, and all of the equipment we either got from like our school, but uh, also from places like Bad Dog, and I think was it like Lamplight. I think that's the other place. Uh, so everything was just local, and it was all like reasonably priced. We definitely had to budget. Definitely took a big chunk of my paycheck, let me tell you. <laughs> but compared to, you know, what it would cost to make a film like, even like this, a short little seven-minute, one-location film, trying to do that in, like, Los Angeles probably would have cost, like, 15 grand at least. Whereas here, I think maybe at most we spent, like, 1,500, I think, around that, maybe 1,200. Mm-hmm. The whole process, you know, the location, everything, did that present technical problems that you didn't anticipate as far as, you know, the actual filming or the actual work that had to be done. Do you mean, like, just, like, filming at, like, the just, lamp? like in, in At the lamp, yeah. In, um, the only, like, problems that we had was just getting stuff up the stairs. <laughs> like, like oh, like, the spiral staircase in the back. Uh, we had to carry all of the equipment, even, like, this giant record player that, like, weighed, like, 70 pounds like to go up this like tiny spiral staircase just because um we would come here so early that it wasn't open yet and we couldn't use the front door so we had to go out the back and but other than that i mean really this was probably the smoothest set i've ever been on and i i think a lot of it has to do with like my crew and just how professional everybody was but even like the location um even for being like an old building it, it had like pretty much everything that we needed to, to make everything work. I don't think, like, I really don't think we had a lot of, like, technical issues on the set. So, obviously, a film like this, editing is a big part of the decision-making process. Mm-hmm. And I know you edit film. How did you approach that? You said you shot extra footage that you hadn't planned on and that sort of thing. How did that play into the choices you were making on the editing? Um, well, originally I had had a first cut that I had presented to, um, for like the student filmmakers showcase that was only presented to, you know, like fellow Webster people and like their families. And even when I was watching that, um, a lot of people still loved it, but there was just something that was like, eh, like it's not where I wanted it to be. So I kind of like went through all the footage again and I was like, there's gotta be, so, cause I know that we had taken like a bunch of shots that we didn't need that we just were shooting just to have options. And I had found uh, this one shot that is now in, like, the regular version that I showed you. And it's the shot where, um, so she's in front of the closet, and she's, like, turned around, and, like, the camera zooms in, zooms in on the coat rack in the closet. And that wasn't originally in the first cut, but that has become, like, people's, like, favorite shot of, like, the entire movie. And that was just something that uh, I found, like, when I was editing it, that I got really lucky that I stumbled across that, and I just threw it in there, and I think that it wouldn't be like the same movie that it was right now if I hadn't done that. Right. As a first-time actress, was there a lot of direction, stage cues, and that kind of thing? Or was it more of an organic process between the two of you? Yes, she gave me like direction and stuff, and like where to turn and stuff like that. Yeah, so we did a lot of, like, the, the dancing, that was all her. Like, you know, she came up with, like, those tap numbers and, and improvised. Um, when it came to the, like, motions of, like, you know, walk this way and, like, do this with your face and open the door, close the door, uh, I did have to give a, some direction in that regard because even though, you know, I had showed them the script and stuff, things did get kind of tweaked when we got to the location because we had to kind of, like, change things around. And since there's no dialogue, you know, your only point of reference is the motion. But when you change the motion, 
then the story kind of changes too. So we had to uh, kind of tell her where to go and like, this is what we're going to do. And we tried things differently in different ways. Yeah, so this, this script was only like two and a half pages long. And, and we were here from 6.30 a.m. till 4 p.m. for two days. So it, was, it, it did take a, a long time to film it, even though it was so short. And the film ended up being somehow seven minutes. <laughs> I don't know how when you film, like, things are longer, but I was not anticipating it to even be that long. But, yeah, so there was a lot of, like, filming and getting different angles, and, and she was such a trooper, like, repeating the same things. She must have been tired, I imagine. It's a lot of dancing, right? I'm kind of used to yeah. it, though. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Facial expressions, obviously, are, are kind of what makes the movie... And that, you seem so natural about how you handled all of that. Did you have a lot of time beforehand to prepare and think about it? Or was that just sort of a spontaneous, on-the-set kind of approach? On-the-set kind of approach. Yeah, I, I saw the scripts, but I didn't, like, practice my faces or anything. And then when I got here, I just I just let it happen. That's probably the best way to go about yeah. it, right? Yeah. yeah, and she did. she is honestly one of the easiest people I've ever had to work with. Like... <laughs> Like my uh, my dad actually played her father on the on the set. Um, that's how last minute this whole film was like thrown together. I was like, Dad, get in there! You're you're gonna play her you're dad. <laughs> and you know, this was his first time acting too. And I'm not trying to throw my dad under the bus because he did splendidly. <laughs> um, but there was such like a difference like when working with her versus like you know working with, with my dad. <laughs> and with her, like you know, like she just. Did everything so naturally, and we anytime we had to redo a take, it wasn't because of her; it was because of something else. So, you could you could call her like one take Shirley, honestly. That's what they used to call Shirley Temple. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say back to Shirley Temple. So you're thinking about acting in the future, that kind of thing, doing some maybe, yeah, because like uh, acting's a big part of dance. There's a lot of movies that like have a lot of dance in them, and that'd be really cool. Sounds great. <laughs> I think you'd be really good at it. What was it that, that drew you into filmmaking? Um, so when I was eight years old, I got my first like video camera. It was just like a little like uh, little dinky like flip camera from like Target or something. And uh, I used to tell people when I was about like nine years old, I was going to be like the next uh, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Whether or not that will actually happen, we'll see. So <laughs> but, you've, been, you've been at it a while then. Yeah, so I started out making like a lot of like YouTube skits and stuff. Like just like the things that, you know, you would expect people uh, nowadays to, to start out doing. And, and it just, it grew. And my parents, I guess my parents maybe thought that at one point it might die off, but it just didn't. And even by like age like 12, I was like, nope, I'm still going to be a director. Um, now it's kind of, I'm kind of considering myself more as a writer. Like I kind of put a lot more thought into like the, the writing process. And then I also tend to direct, but I do try to put a lot of thought into like the story. So I do consider myself kind of more as a, as a writer rather than a director, but directing is something that is still a big passion of mine that I hope to kind of pursue more into the future. Okay. Well, I mean, St. Louis sounds like a great place to, you know, be working on that. Do you have any plans, Definitely. immediate plans on on staying local, or you got, you know, other other greener pastures in mind? Well, as of right now, I do uh, work at uh, media, a local media production company in St. Louis, uh, which is called Metrospect Media, and it's it's a lot more corporate. So we do also uh, films, but a lot of the stuff that we do is uh, like real estate videos and 
like little commercials and music videos. So as of right now, I'm gonna stick around and, and kind of work more with that and also do like my little passion projects on like the side and see what I can do and you know, send those off to festivals, hopefully get those recognized and try to get myself out there as like a writer and director and and as of right now, like uh, ever since um, winning the the award for the Boogeyman, I've actually had like two different people uh, contact me to help them write horror scripts. So it's actually really helped me a lot. Great, that's great. Well, so what do you what do you have? I mean, you have any current projects you're working on now, or I do. Um, I do have a few that are kind of in like the back burner that I know that um, this coming summer, not the summer right now, but next summer I want to film another project. Uh, whether or not I try to go back and do the one project that I alluded to that I was originally supposed to do this year but then did this one instead, I might go back to that one. But I also have another one that's kind of just brewing in my head that I have, don't have it written down yet. But it's also going to be a horror, and it's also going to be probably a step up, kind of more more into like the horror genre rather than the suspense thriller genre like this one was. This, this next one might actually be a little bit more disturbing and kind of more uh, sinister. I want to thank you both for joining us. It's been fascinating. And congratulations on your thank win. You. Congratulations <laughs> on your you. acting career <laughs> as a start. Hey, is there anything you'd like to add for anybody? A shout out to friends, anything? I mean, I would just like to thank everybody who, you know, came together to, to pull this film and, and make it what it was, especially like my cast and my crew and, and even my parents who have like just supported me and, and done whatever it took to kind of just keep me going, even during times when I doubted myself as a director. I wish you both luck at the Slip Awards. Um, was it in November, right? Yes. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Is there anywhere that people can go to contact you or your website? Um, well, as of right now, I, I just I have an email. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, we'll include that. In, yeah, yeah in but um, for the most part, you know, people are just kind of contacting by word of mouth. I, I am going to probably make a website soon. <laughs> but uh, we do have a, a Facebook page for The Boogeyman, if anyone wants to like check that out. Just keep updated, because we are entering in other film festivals. Uh, the notification dates for those are just later on, so we, we won't know for a little bit if we get into those. But we're hoping to get into some in, like, in L.A. or like uh, hopefully even like Atlanta or like just like the really big like film community. I know we also just recently got into the Aurora Film Festival, which is in Moscow this year. I know that I personally will not be able to attend, but... <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully we'll win something there too, and yeah, and people can just keep updated. Sounds great. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank All you. Right. Take care.